Okay, friends, I'm going to invite you to return to your seats. We're going to resume the service. So as you all know, um, a couple of months ago, we, we commissioned Kate and Dallas and sent them off to YWAM. They've been there for the last couple of months now studying. They've been in class. And then, as you know, a couple of weeks ago, we, we um, spent some time listening and then writing down some encouragements to send their way. And so Megan just wanted to give us an update on on Kate and receiving those. And then at the end of the service, we're going to show a, a video update from Kate. Thanks. I just wanted to um, give you an update. Um, our family just actually went to go visit Kate. And um, so I, it was just really cool to kind of be on the base and, and meet her friends and, and uh, see where she sleeps and where they eat and where they do their worship and their classes. And we, we, adjusted our schedule so we could be there for the Monday night worship. And I was so glad that we did just to see what is our kids are like experiencing or like on a daily basis at this place. And, um, and then we each took a turn going to one of our classes and just the, the quality of speakers that they have there just, um, and the things that they were talking about so relatable to our, our kids. Um, so that's sort of just a plug for YMA, but, um, Really, I think what I just wanted to share with you is I, we were able to deliver your encouragement cards. So if you remember a few weeks ago, we wrote, everyone took some time. We were listening to Jesus about what he would want us to say to these kids as they went to Hawaii. And we're embarking on their mission and their outreach. And um, so we were able to sit with Kate and we didn't read them, but she sat on the hotel bed and just sort of went through them all. And it was just such an encouragement. So it was an encouragement to her. And then it was an encouragement to us because it was um, you guys just sending your words to her and to Dallas. We delivered Dallas's as well. And so I know that those were received in such, um, it was just such a great thing for our kids to get. So we just want to thank you for that. Um, And I think, um, I don't know, what's kind of stuck with me is that I think the message that I've sort of received is that we are encouraging our kids to do these things. And in turn, they're going to encourage us. I didn't think I would get emotional, but um, just even in being there and seeing the smiles on their faces, and you should see the way Dallas is, is lit up. And the way Kate, you'll see later, the way Kate is like, um, just seeking so much um, to walk with the Spirit and to listen to God. Um, and they're an encouragement. Let that to be an encouragement to us. Because there's no, like, there's no, like, lukewarmness in their hearts right now. And there was 700 kids there. And every kid, I mean, I'm sure they're going through their stuff, but every kid... And every student, I guess they're not kids, they are kids, but every student that was there and the way we're watching them worship and they're singing this song, jumping up and down, singing, I'm not going to let the things of this world tell dictate how I'm going to worship my Jesus. And they were so unabashedly just serving um, God and asking for him. And they're sitting in prayer rooms all afternoon sometimes. And they're just soaking in the spirit. And so for me, I, I kind of felt a bit ashamed because I think that we are, I am, I'm not speaking for everybody, but I feel like there's parts of us that are just holding back. And so 
I'm just bringing you this message because I feel like um, I feel like there's such a fire in in some people, and I just saw it, and I think um, it's ignited something in me, and I just want to share that with you. So that's kind of how it works, right? We encourage each other, and then it comes back to be an encouragement to us. And so um, there's just some things that God has taught me about personally, about my worship and my time with him and, um, and just even seeking after spiritual gifts in a different way when you see your kids. Um, they're an encouragement to us. So I would just say thank you for your prayers. Continue those prayers. But as you're praying for those kids, just ask Jesus how he wants, what he wants to teach you through these kids. They are going, they are soaking in Jesus right now, every minute of every day. And that was just such a, um, a word to me that I need to be doing the same. And I, I've, we've sent them there. We've commissioned them for this. And, and uh, yeah, so that's just sort of an encouragement to me, but an encouragement to you. Um, just to let God, just to soak in God's presence. And I mean, if, if um, just to seek after him for your gifts and to just see how he's wanting to use you. So um, encouragement from them, you guys, to them, and from me, back to you guys. Um, just take those words. And, and I know that I'm kind of wrestling with a lot of those kind of things this week. So um, I just wanted to share those words with you. And you'll see as you watch Kate's video, just the joy that she just says, she keeps saying, I'm just so happy. Like, I'm just feeling God's joy at every minute. And I'm like, that's amazing. And so um, I just want to pass a bit of that joy um, back to you guys. And uh, she sometimes will text us in the middle of the night, which is some really exciting things. (laughs) And it's all in capital letters. And she just can't believe what the Spirit has taught her that day. And so um, let's be seeking after that. our kids and this lot of kids in this next generation, they're seeking for this. And we as adults can kind of get complacent in our faith, I think, I believe. And so if we can be sold out, and we don't necessarily have to be jumping up for Jesus, but we need to be feeling like we can. And um, so anyway, that's my encouragement for today. Thanks, Megan. That overlaps so much with what God was talking to me about this morning. He said, I want to see zeal. It's not a word that we use a lot, zeal. And you're going to see zeal when we play um, Kate's video at the end of the service. Um, but a lot of us would say we are willing to do things or to say that we, we follow Jesus, et cetera, et cetera. But, it, you know, are we lukewarm? Right? So, so thank you, Megan. Let's pray for, for Kate and for Dallas. Let's pray for ourselves. Lord, we... We bless the work that you are doing in Kate and in Dallas and and the work that you are doing through them and the work that you are doing in us. And and I thank you that that we get to be encouraged by that already. Thank you for, for the work that you are doing in them where we can see joy on their faces as they update us on the work that you have been doing in them and through them. We bless them. We pray your protection over them as they are about to go to places that are, are not places we would vacation. They are not places where we would want to wave a flag and say, I follow Jesus. 
And yet they're going there specifically to share Jesus. So would you give them protection? Would you give them the preparation that they need? Would you circumvent the plans of the enemy? And would you establish your kingdom at each place where they set their foot and open their mouths? That there would be fruit. That there would be your work established there. And that you would take back ground that's yours and reclaim it. That the gates of hell would not stand against the people that you have given the keys to the kingdom to. Lord, would you fill them to overflowing with your spirit as they go to be missionaries? And Lord, I thank you for that reminder this morning that you want us to be passionate about you, zealous for you, that you you want joy to overflow from us. Your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your love, all of those incredible fruits of the Spirit. Lord, may we see those more and more in our lives because we're people abiding, remaining, learning to live in constant life-giving connection to the vine who is Jesus. And Lord, may there be supernatural fruit as a result of connecting to Jesus. Lord, I, I pray and I claim the friendship of God for my brothers and sisters here this morning. May we reclaim our birthright. May we reclaim the things that you have offered us that previously we might have gone meh to. But now, may we once again hear the words of Jesus and say, that's mine. I will grab that. I will not let you go until you bless me. Lord, would you birth in us a tenacity to go after the greater things of the kingdom, to go after the engagement with the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit, that we might see the fruit. And today, Lord, may it start. May you rekindle friendship with God in us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Would you go with me to John 15, please? My two closest friends growing up, um, my first closest friend is a friend named Dan. He's actually my cousin. We were born 10 days apart uh, and lived right down the street from each other for our our growing up years. It was wonderful. Um, but we had this interesting relationship where there, there was a place that we used to go, we used to take karate together, and he was a little bit ahead of me. And so if you were ahead of another person, you were actually an authority figure and had power. You had power and authority to tell someone else what to do in that particular setting, in the dojo. And so I had to, both in order to respect the friendship, I had to follow his lead. And then the roles were reversed. And 
Uh, when we both got jobs at McDonald's, I, I, I had some ambition to move up the ranks, and he did not. And so I became his supervisor. And in order to main, maintain the friendship, he had to do what I said. No, I was a benevolent manager. I'm sure you knew that. But would there have been friendship if he didn't listen to what I'd asked him to do? Can we call ourselves friends of God if we don't listen to what he says? I had another friend, my friend named Kevin. We've been friends since early high school. And one of the reasons why our friendship grew so quickly was because Kevin opened up and he would share secrets with me. And that's one of the quickest ways to grow a friendship is to guard the things and and hold on to the things that people have entrusted to you. So if someone shares their story, if someone shares their secrets with you, it takes the friendships to the next level, especially as you you hold on to those and respect it. But our friendship grew quickly because Kevin talked, because Kevin shared, and because he shared personally. He shared things that he wouldn't share with other people. And those are the two aspects of friendship that we are going to see in this passage here that God offers us. So would you go with me to John 15? But let me remind you that as we are in John 15, we have been working through this, I am the vine and you are the branches. Abide in me, remain in me, Jesus says. You have to stay connected to Jesus in order for there to be fruit that shows up in your life, in order for there to be supernatural things that didn't come from you. It's only fruit if it's supernatural because it came from the vine. I am a branch, not a vine. And what we are going to see is that as Jesus has been walking us through, I am the vine and you are the branches, remain in me, apart from me you can do nothing, the culmination of that is friendship with God. That's what he invites us into. So we're going to read right from the start of that. We're going to start at verse 1, and we're going to end at verse 17. This is Jesus speaking. And he says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, so that it might bear more fruit. Now you are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, but must remain in the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I remain in that one bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does remain in me, that person is, it does not remain in me. That person is thrown away like a branch and dries up and they will gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have loved you. 
remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, and this is the section we are going to focus on today. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that a person will lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends, because all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. This is my command, that you love one another. This is the word of the Lord. We thank God for his word. There is a conditional and an unconditional aspect of friendship here in this passage. It starts with an if You're my friends if, if you obey my commands, just like Dan and myself at McDonald's. The friendship was maintained because he listened to what I had asked him to do. And it's no different with us and God. There is still hierarchy. As much as God calls us friends, it doesn't remove or level the playing field. There's still hierarchy. It's just that the hierarchy does not prevent the friendship. In fact, the hierarchy is going to be one of the ways that we express the friendship to God. Lord, you are my friend, and so I will show you that by doing what you've said. The interesting thing about this is I was pondering it this week. There is a dignity that God grants to his people here. Because he doesn't compel you to obey. It wouldn't be friendship then. That, that's slavery, right? I no longer call you, you're not slaves. I call you friends. There's an invitation here. So he's not going to force obedience. He's not going to force friendship. It has to be, we have to offer it to him. And so you know what? It's a test. This week is going to be a test for you, and it's going to be a test for me. Will I respond to God and receive the friendship? Will I respond with what he has asked me to do, with what he says to me, with following his word? That will be an expression of worship, but it will also be an expression of friendship. If, if we are people who get really frustrated by God's setting standards and rules, we have fundamentally misunderstood God. 
They are not only there for our benefit, they are there to maintain a friendship with the one who has offered us friendship. It's one of the lies of the enemy where he recreates God as dictator, as as disciplinarian, instead of friend, still hierarchy, but the rules are there that we might grow to be more like our friend and offer him expressions of friendship. I encourage you to think this week, as you, as, as you struggle with something, you say, no, Lord, this is my offering of friendship to you this week. The Lord's been speaking to me about um, just taking care of my own physical health. And so one of the things that I have, I've said, Lord, I'm really, really struggling with this. I just, I can't seem to maintain that discipline. I don't want to stretch. I don't like it. It's been easier this week to do some stretches. As I've said, I will do this as an act of friendship. I have not become the most disciplined person in the world yet. But changing it into an offering and an expression of friendship has made it easier to do. What's he going to talk to you about this week? and tap you on the shoulder, and reframe something, and say, do it because you're my friend. You know where it's especially true that we will do something because he is our friend? That we will obey him as an expression of friendship? Showing love to the people he loves comes up twice in this passage. I will know that you love me when you care about my kids. When you guys ask me about Tori, she's not here today. When you guys ask me about Tori, I receive that as love for myself because I know that you love my kids. It's the same way with God. You will know that you are God's friend and that you are showing God love when you love his kids, when you love the people that he loves. So let's, let's, Lord, will you tap us on the shoulder this week and remind us to show you love by loving your kids? Please. There's an unconditional aspect of friendship. In other words, there's friendship granted by God, offered by God that doesn't depend on you. That part of it, the obedience part, that does depend on us, obviously. But there's an unconditional aspect of friendship too. God simply grants you friendship. And here is how he grants you friendship. Look at that verse. Verse 15. It's my friend Kevin. My friend Kevin, where the friendship opened up because he shared secrets with me. 
because the conversation went deeper. No longer do I call you slaves because the slave does not know what the master is doing. I've called you friends because all the things I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. I shared my secrets, Jesus says. God's expression of friendship to you is that he reveals everything going on between him and the father, the most intimate possible relationship. God has decided he will disclose everything from that relationship to his people. And while I do grant you that that definitely includes scripture, if you go to the scriptures, you will find that it includes more than just scripture. Let me back that up. You probably don't even need to turn the page. Chapter 16, verse 12. Jesus says, disciples, I have more things to say to you. You can't even bear them right now. But when he, the spirit, comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you things that are to come. God will continue to reveal more to his friends because you're his friends. He will offer you the friendship by speaking. Will we receive the friendship by listening? This is all through scripture. Exodus 33, 11. So the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. Do you want more? Okay. Abraham, Genesis 18, verse 7. Abraham, three times in Scripture, twice in the Old Testament and once in the New Testament, is referred to specifically as God's friend. Here he is not specifically called God's friend. Here God reveals him as friend by speaking to him. Genesis 18, verse 17. The Lord is speaking and he says out loud, shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Friendship is about disclosing to the friend. Psalm 25. Let's go there. Verse 14. The secret of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he will make his covenant known to them. The people who are in covenant with the Lord, God discloses things to. It is the expression of the covenant. The fact that we are in relationship means that God will share things with those with whom he is in relationship. It is the very expression of the friendship of God. 
that God will speak to his friends. Amos 3.7. Let's go there. Amos 3.7. Certainly the Lord does nothing unless he reveals his secret plan to his servants, the prophets. God has a plan, but prior to putting it into action, he lets people know about it. God is always inviting us in to reveal more. It is an expression of friendship. He is speaking. Jesus says, I have called you friends because everything that I heard from the Father, I have chosen to make known to you. It is available. It is accessible. He has granted you that dignity. He has granted us that privilege of of hearing him. That's how we engage in friendship. Are we recognizing? Are we recognizing the ways that God speaks? I'm going to remind us, we have talked about this many times, but I've noticed in talking with people, the reminders are still needed. God speaks in so many different ways. You are not going to find all of these ways that I am listing in the Bible. And if that's a problem for you, you have misunderstood what the Bible means. For example, I, uh, I, I know people who will sometimes say, I know God is speaking because I have this sensation going on in my hands right now. Or they'll say, I I feel this. They sometimes will call it the anointing on their head. You're not going to find that in the Bible. But saying that is not God speaking because you can't find it in the Bible is to misunderstand the Bible. That's like saying God spoke through a donkey once in the Bible, but he would never speak through a horse. God only speaks through donkeys, no other animals. Do you see what I'm saying? The Bible is to demonstrate that God speaks. It validates, the Bible is where we go to validate the message, not the means by which God communicates. A donkey is a means. Feelings in in fingertips are a means The Bible is where we go to make sure that the message we take from that is in fact from God. Okay? So as I list things within uh, in the next couple of minutes here, like feelings in the fingertips, and you say that doesn't come from Scripture. I say it doesn't have to come from Scripture. What comes from Scripture is the fact that God is always communicating, and he's communicating to everyone that he calls friends. It's the expression of friendship. It's the conversation that he invites us into. So the degree that we can recognize more and more and more the different ways that God's communicating with you, 
that's, that's, that's the degree to which we can further enter into the, the friendship that he offers us. And maybe you never noticed tingling in your fingers. But now watch. Because it might be you. Okay. I have someone who, someone I know who says, I, I notice God speaking to, to me when I feel the nudge. It's just sort of this internal prompting. It's subtle. Because God is usually subtle. God is usually subtle. So we have to learn to recognize the little things. God speaks through emotions. In fact, this is in scripture. And I've repeated this one over and over again. Jeremiah says, I feel a burning in my bones and woe to me if I do not speak. God gave him a prophetic message in the form of an emotion that Jeremiah had to interpret and articulate. But the, the means by which that message from God came was an emotion. I feel something internally, very deeply, and I know it's the Lord. I am not blessing every single emotion. Of course not. But we, we then enter into a filtering process, and that's the next step. But we got to learn the ways that God sometimes speaks to us. So don't dismiss it because it's an emotion. Conviction. And I don't mean just like conviction, like this is sin and this is the right thing to do, but just sort of that, I know. I don't know how I know, but I have this, this sense, this, this is what I need to say. Thoughts. I'm not blessing every thought that goes through your mind. I would not want to share the things that go through mine. Right? I'm no different than you. Right? But scripture says you have the mind of Christ, so should not our thoughts at times overlap with his? Especially if you've asked God a question. Should we not start looking for, well, what comes to mind next? Dreams, that's obviously in scripture. But dreams are, if you look at the dreams in scripture, they're usually symbolic, not always, but often. And so the fact that you see um, a picture of a triangle in your dream and a a tree in the middle of it and uh, a circle around the outside, you shouldn't automatically dismiss that. I just made that up off the top of my head. Um, You shouldn't automatically dismiss that because it doesn't look like something you've seen before, it doesn't look like scripture or something like that. It, it, it's material for you to, to start talking about weighing with God. When I get words from God, it's usually only the impression of words. It's, it's essentially another version of the next thought. And I can't tell you how many times I stopped tracking them because they were there, and I, I just I learned to recognize it. But I miss, too. But I'm growing, and I'm okay with that. 
the knowing, the gut feeling, the prompt, desires. Not all desires are from God. But it's similar to the emotional thing, right? I, I have this desire to go do this. I don't know why. That might be from God. Circumstances and the way things are, are timed. Let me give you an example of this. I was really struggling with something, um, feeling like something was my fault. And uh, I was doing the dishes. And it, like it's weighing me down. I haven't shared it with anyone. It's weighing me down. And Chantel walks in the room out of nowhere and speaks an answer to the very thing I was currently thinking about. And all of the feeling of guilt and frustration was suddenly gone. It wasn't my fault. I started to choke up. We hadn't talked about it. It was this spontaneous thing. But God timed it for the very moment I was thinking about it. And all of it was gone. And I I choked up. I was like, thank you, God. I needed that so badly. Scriptures that come to mind. Images that come to mind. Again, often symbolic. A memory that comes to mind. Peace. How about just the way something stands out? You just notice something. This is usually the way scripture works. If you want to start a conversation with God as you're reading scripture, just pay attention to what pops out at you. It's a word. It's the word order. It's a picture within that. It's just you notice something. Like Maybe you get to the end of the passage and you just close your eyes and you go, what does my mind go back to? Okay, why did she wash his feet? Why did she let down her hair? Lord, I, I need to be more like that. Thank you, God. You do that. Unsettledness. You're just this feeling of restlessness, like you think you're doing the right thing, perhaps. And you are doing the right thing, but it's not actually the thing God wants you to do. You feel restless. You feel unsettled. Paul in 2 Corinthians says, I I was going to go here. There was a door opened for me. A a door in the Lord had been opened for me to go to this city. I can't remember which one it is. Um, But my spirit was not settled there. And so I went on. These are the ways that we learn. If you can learn to recognize these ways. If, first of all, if we can validate that these are potential ways God could be speaking to us, we will learn to then recognize them more and more. And as we learn to recognize them more and more and grow and continue the, by continuing the conversation, the friendship grows. Because Jesus says, I speak to my friends. I reveal to my friends. And he has granted you, every single one of you, the dignity of hearing what he would like to share with you.
The only question, it's not a question of whether some of you hear or don't. The only question is whether or not, A, you've recognized, learned to recognize, and B, you're willing to respond. He has already granted you the friendship. The friendship was granted in his very speaking. And he speaks. Expect him to speak. That's faith. If you're learning that, we're all learning this. If you want to learn more, be around others who are hearing. And then go ask them, how'd you hear that? How'd you recognize it? The more you interview people, the more that you discover people who are a little further along than you in this, and you actually say, no, no like, don't just say, well, you know, it just, it was there. Like, no, like, what was there? And what did it look like? What did it feel like? What did it sound like? Go deeper. Talk to them about it. Ask them questions. Take risks. This might be the Lord. Take a risk. Healing prayer can also really help. I've seen it help. Let's pause. Let's put this into practice. Lord, we we come in faith knowing that you, not only do you like to speak, you are speaking. So we pause now to say, Lord, what do I most need to hear from you right now? Whatever you think you might have just heard from the Lord, hold on to it. Continue the conversation with him or test it. Take a risk. Respond in faith. If you really want to grow in this, please start with Scripture. It is the easiest way to, place to start. Start in Scripture, read the passage, notice what jumps out at you. Let me give you an example. This past week, I was reading through um, the story of Elisha, where Elisha, um, someone comes to him and says, like, I lost my axe head. I lost the axe that it flew off or something in the river. And Elisha says, where is it? He throws a stick in, he makes this thing float. And I, I, I read on, and like, this, this story bothers me. Like, I was, I was, I was, I couldn't even figure out what it was. Like, there's something, ugh, like, what is it? I, I, I mean, I enjoy reading, so I'm happy to keep going, but there's something about it, and I couldn't even figure out. It's not that I noticed one particular thing. It was just like this, something's not right. What, like, what is it, Lord? And I went to him in prayer, and I typically will journal because the, the, the easiest way to test whether or not you think something is from the Lord is to, when you think you get it, write it down and then continue the conversation on paper. I can't tell you how much easier it is than just doing it in your head. So I start writing. What is it that is bothering me about this? And his response is, you think I only use my power for life and death, for the big stuff. You're right. I thought you only use your power for the big stuff. This isn't, this isn't life and death. Yeah, it was probably worth a few shekels. Yeah, it was borrowed. It's not life and death. It's not cancer. He said, 
You've misunderstood the fatherhood of God. I said, okay, if, you, if this is what you're saying, show me some other scriptures that prove that. You know what comes to mind? I don't hear it. You know what comes to mind? Jesus and Peter having a conversation about taxes. Jesus says, you know what? Go throw a hook in the lake. First fish that comes up has got a coin in its mouth. You just go pay our taxes. This was not a tax that was going to break the bank. Peter was not going to go bankrupt and lose his, his fishing license, his life savings and all, all that. It was, a, it was a petty tax. But that comes to mind. Like, okay, well, that's one. You got anything else? I didn't hear it. It's just the next thing that comes to mind is where Jesus says, you know, if, if your son asks for an egg, you're going to give him a fish. Or are you going to give him a snake? If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, and then he he points out, I I can just see it sort of underlined in my mind. The one who, he, he asked for an egg. He wasn't starving. But he's such a good father that he will give the egg to the one who asks. Well, he says, if you being evil, you're right. So now I've got three scriptures that are talking to me about the fatherhood of God that I had fundamentally misunderstood. And I just have this moment where I'm like, Lord, you're such a good father. Four more times this week, three more times this week, he spoke to me specifically about the fatherhood of God. Two of those three other times were not in scripture. They were in conversations with other people where specifically the topic of the father, the goodness of the father comes out. And then, of course, Roy points it out this morning too, so that would be four. God speaks. Make, to bring it back to the passage, make growing in friendship by hearing the Lord, and when I say hearing, I mean recognizing all the different ways that he speaks, you're among, if not, your highest priority. And the reason I say this is because not only is it the culmination of the passage in abiding, but the passage of abiding, being in the vine, is the very last thing that Jesus emphasizes before he starts talking about how difficult the world is about to get. So the last thing that the disciples needed to be reminded of before he starts talking about how hard times are coming is to make sure that they are so deeply connected in intimacy and friendship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit that he says, this is the very last thing. If you know nothing else before you go into hard times, it's the fact that God is your friend. He so desperately needs this, friends. And he is so desperately motivated for us to hear and respond. We're going to play the video, um, Kate's update, I hope. Yes, Marco? We are going to play, okay. We are going to play the video uh, of Kate's update. Keep in mind the things that Megan shared about joy. Uh, You're going to see so much joy, it's going to actually look like something like else. Uh, Anyway, there's joy. Notice, I want you to notice three things. 
Notice we talked about last week, answered prayer. Notice how God specifically answers one of her prayers. Notice how she will say, God says to her, I've been confiding in you. God speaks and he shares secrets. And notice that she's bearing fruit. This video, in many ways, emphasizes the stuff we've been talking about. Play that. This is really weird. But I'm just going to give you a little update, I guess. Everything is going so good. And, yeah, everything is amazing. And, yeah. Basically, I don't really know what to say. Um, Basically, every week we have, like, a different speaker. And I've been learning so much. Like, I don't even know. So much. There was one week it was all just about, like, Jesus and the gospel. And it was so cool. And then... Um, We had a week, Pure Heart Week, Freedom Week, like, just breaking free from the fear of man. Like, I don't even know. What else did we have? Like, Hearing the Voice of God Week. We had Missions Week. We had, hey, Joey. (laughs) We had, um, um, sorry. Uh, This week was Holy Spirit Week. And guys, the Holy Spirit is so cool. Like, yeah. Oh my goodness. Insane. We've been doing a lot of training, just like all these things, a lot of intercession, which is so cool. And actually like today was insane. Today was so cool. We started off. Okay. So we were doing intercession for Central Asia and like, I just started off kind of praying and I usually do this. I just pray like, God, like align my heart with yours. I'm like, just like break my heart for what breaks yours. And today, like, he he actually did. Like, I'm still processing. But, like, he broke my heart. And it was a kind of grief I'd have never felt before. And I just sobbed the whole time. And it's, like, just the father's heart for his lost children. Like, I, like, actually felt that. And, like, God was like, yeah, Kate, like, I'm confiding. It was so cool. Like, oh, it was so cool. So that was amazing. And actually... Speaking of Central Asia, for outreach, I'm going to Tajikistan. Um, You're probably like sitting there like, where's Tajikistan? That's exactly what I was thinking when the Lord put that on my heart. But (laughs) like Tajikistan is in Central Asia. And I'm so excited. My team is so cool. And we leave in a month. And it's going to be so good. And I'm so excited. And yeah, God's just breaking my heart for the just for the people that are unreached, it's actually one of the most unreached countries in the world. And yeah, I'm, I'm so excited about it. So yeah, basically just been hanging out, uh, learning a lot, um, making some really awesome friends and like these friends are so good. They're like pushing me and go out and I just evangelize with them. And actually it was really cool. We, um, on Halloween, we went and did evangelism as a whole school. So there was like 300 of us out there and, um, we were handing out Bibles, going up to doors, like just talking to people. I got to preach the gospel so many times. And yeah, it was just really cool. We saw, I think like 40 salvations that night. So it was pretty cool. It was really cool. Um, but yeah, like, thank you guys for praying for me. Like, I appreciate it. And yeah.
Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for the work that you are doing in Kate and in Dallas. Thank you for the work that you are doing here. Thank you that you speak, that you, you answer prayer, that you engage in friendship through conversation, that you invite us into the inner circle. Thank you that you desire that in coming to you and getting to know you as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and continuing in that, in that relationship, that there's fruit. We just saw it on the screen. There's fruit. Lord, we, we ask for these things because we, we know how desperately this world needs fruit. Lord, would you do it through us? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your voice. Would you grow us in responding in friendship? In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we've gone a few minutes over time, and they do like us to be out between 12 and shortly thereafter. Um, So would you please help us with the bathrooms, getting those refreshed, getting the chairs away. I would also invite the the Sunday night group, if any of you are up for and willing to to pray for others, if you could come forward, and we're just going to, we're also going to give you an opportunity for those who feel like you need prayer to come forward for prayer. Doesn't could be for anything. Um, but if you would like prayer this morning before you leave, we've got some people who would love to pray for you. So if you guys would come up, those who don't feel they need prayer, if you could help out with those tasks, that would be fantastic. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and grow you in the friendship of God. Go in peace, my friends. Thanks for being here.